I'm Gabs. And I'm Blizz. And welcome, welcome to, to Their Tropes, their tropes Battle, Battle for, for Dominance, the Sleepy Edition. Sleepy. Um, we're both very tired, so, uh, but we'll, we'll try to be energized <laughs> for this one. Um, yeah, as far as past week updates, I've just been busy with work and school, as usual. Um, I feel like exciting shit happened, but I don't remember exciting shit happening. Because my brain is so fried. Liz, tell me about your week. Um, I, did I talk about moving last week? I think so. I'm moving into a real apartment. So I went shopping for apartment things with my mother. Um, other than that, I am in school mode. I find, I, I like was watching my neuroscience lecture and like, it's just, like, a concept, like, you know when you get, like, a concept in, like, a class that's super hard and you're, like, it all makes sense now! Mm. Oh my gosh! Like, shit was, shit made sense. That's, that's all I'm gonna say, so I, I, I feel <laughs> very, very happy. I'm, happy I'm trying to think, you. like, I feel like things happen, but also... I feel like nothing's happened as well. You know? Like, not in, like, a bad way. It's just, like, I feel like I've done things, but, like, I don't know what they are. (laughs) Um, I tried that, like, all-you-can-eat tteokbokki restaurant that's, like, popular on TikTok. It was pretty good. Oh, I saw that. You know what you should try? The one that, you know, the rice noodle vendor off Bowery Street? No. Okay, so there's this, like, girl on TikTok, her name's Monica, and um, she, like, befriended the husband and wife who run this, like, tiny little uh, rice noodle corner. If I see another TikTok of it, I'll send it to you so you know where to go. Okay. But apparently it's, like, she thinks it's, like, the best rice noodles in all of New York, and the guy is, like, and they have, like, this very cute friendship now. He's always, like, so happy to see her because she helped bring more business to them. Yeah. And it's, the videos are so sweet. And I kind of want to try it when I bring Nick down because um, we're going down for his birthday in a couple weeks. So Nice, nice. Yeah, we, we went and, like, we had, like, a party of eight. Mm-hmm. And we were so worried it was going to take super long to be seated. Mm-hmm. But I think because we had such a large party, it kind of worked in our favor because mm-hmm. there's only, like, one or two, like, large, like, large party, like, tables. And so because, like, one of them opened up and there was no one else with, like, a, above, like, a party of four in front of us, they can give, like... And, like, they're connected tables, Mm -hmm. so they couldn't, they weren't going to give, like, a party of, like, two or four, a table for a party of eight, you know? Right. So, I think we got really lucky, so we got to, like, skip the line in that sense. It was pretty good. Um, It's, like, I had a good time. I feel like it'd be really, really good if you were, like, really drunk. That's probably, yeah. It's, like, it had a really good, we were in a place, area that had a really good vibe. Like, we were kind of, like, there's, like, a little kind of out, like, where they built, like, almost, like, a greenhouse on the side of the restaurant, and we were there in, like, the corner, though I think you can get, like, a really shit seat, because there's, like, nowhere for people to stand, like, everyone's just kind of standing in this area right where, like, the restaurant, like, like, where you walk in, 
And there's like a bunch of tables right there. So if you got one of those tables, it'd be, I feel like it'd be a shit experience. You know, you got people like standing over you waiting to eat. But because where we were, we were like literally like all the way in the corner. So like we were, we felt like we were really private and we had a really good time. The, the drinks weren't too, too expensive. I mean, you're paying like 12 or 13 dollars for a bottle of soju. And I feel like usually in the city, you pay like 20 bucks for one. Oh, so yeah, it was like. That's- that's good. Yeah, like, we got a soju cocktail for, like, seven, eight bucks, which was super good. And for everyone, please remember that these are, like, for New York prices really, really good. Right, right. Because typically, like, I understand in most other places, you'd be like, why are you even pay- paying over $7 for a bottle of soju at a restaurant? It's like, well, that's, that's what it is here. We can't help it. But um, I had a great time there. I think, yeah... I, I enjoyed it. Good. I had a good time. But, um, yeah, other than that, uh, I did. I had a long school day Monday. I did a lot of school work yesterday, and I had a long school day today. So, yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. My brain's a little fried, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. So, I guess we can get into the show because we don't really uh, have much to yeah, talk about. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do show, show vibe type size. <laughs> oh my god, Gab. You sound like, you're so tired, you sound drunk. I, I I'm, today has been a lot. A, a lot. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Alright, let's, let's go for it. Um, you're the chosen one for this week. You're right. <laughs> sure oh my am. god! <laughs> I, I sure was am. like, I was like, did I fuck it up? And I'm like, no, I know I didn't fuck it up because <laughs> you did I, not. I, I I chose my pick last week. Yeah, and I got the fucking Boku no Hero thing last week. So yeah. Um. All right, I picked um one off uh fucking. TV tropes this time. Normally we use fan lore, but mm-hmm. I decided to be special, and um, I was like, I want something that's like upbeat and not super sad, but also something that's not going to take like a lot out of me. So um, I found animal tropes, and this is called the absent animal companion. Um, but before I get into like what the trope is and the fic I chose, I just I wanted to share this summary of a fic I found that um i thought you would really enjoy liz i i see already <laughs> au pre brooklyn 99 season 8 post end game rosa is still a detective in this all of the avengers are still alive <laughs> after being with rosa diaz for a while natasha romanoff feels like it's time to take their relationship to the next level and show how committed she is to her love for this amazing woman that she has fallen hard for you know what? I feel like like if they the were ship in, would work. I know if they were in the same media like media franchise. I like I wouldn't be mad at it. I, like, no, the ship at works. first. At first, I was like, huh, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not mad at that. Brooklyn Nine Nine and Avengers. No, that doesn't work. But Rosa Diaz specifically ex Natasha yeah, Romanoff that works. works. That 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 is an okay <laughs> okay thing. It just cracked me up, and I thought you would get a kick out of it. Um, Thank you. For those who don't remember, Liz got me into Brooklyn Nine-Nine back in college, and um, she was really into it, and then we were both really into it, and then it kind of went downhill. Yeah. And the last season was kind of a major disappointment. Um, 
but it's fine. It's all copaganda in the end, so it's for the oh, best yeah. that we fell out of it. But um, I do, I sometimes miss, like, the earlier seasons and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways, so absent animal companion. So this trope originates from the idea that, like, status quo is the god in continuity, right? Like, Sharpay Evans voice, like, you can't, if you don't follow the status quo, you shake shit up, and that means more work for crew members, such as writers and longer production days, because now you have different plots, etc. So, oftentimes, if there's an animal companion, like some character adopts a dog, he is mysteriously not there anymore after, like, the arc, like, the story is mm-hmm. finished. And oftentimes, that story is, like, one episode long. So, um, many of the these TV shows and cartoons, this is where it happens the most. They, like, introduce an a companion animal for, like, an episode or so. Um, maybe a cast, like, a, a character adopts the animal or it's owned by an animal or a character, but you've never met it before. And then they never talk about it again or show it again. Very occasionally, like, a character, like, references it or says, oh, yeah, we gave my dog away. But they'll never, like, that's rare. They don't need to talk about it. I um, think... The best thing, I know it doesn't happen as often, I think the best thing showrunners can do if they want an episode with an animal in it, have the character be, like, bait, like pet-sitting, where it's like, oh, my neighbor mm-hmm. down the street needs someone to watch their dog, so I'm watching their dog. Yeah, I think a lot of kids' shows do that, too, and, like, it's it's a good plot line. It's it, That way you get the animal that you want, but also... And then you don't have to worry yeah. about, where did the Continuity, animal go? Right. It's like, well, it went back to its owners because they're only watching it for, like, a week. So it's, like, Right, you don't even have solution. to mention it again. Like, you Yeah, exactly. Like, the character says, this is my dog, this is my neighbor's dog, Bosco. I'm watching Bosco for the next three days. Boom. You've just established how long he has Bosco. <laughs> and Bosco is gone next episode? No questions. Exactly. Never have to reference him again unless you want to. Exactly. Um, I'm a, but, like, so... Besides, like, this issue, um, like, there's, you know, other reasons that this happens besides, you know, sticking to status quo. Um, sometimes it's just a continuity issue where they realize, oh, this animal that we threw in kind of messes up the character, so we're never going to do it again. Um, or it's just not necessary for the story. And then a lot of the times, too, it just it comes down to money and time mm-hmm. because animals, even when they're trained... Um, it's, it's still hard to get them to, like, act the way you want to for continuously, and you have to pay for their trainers, you have to pay the fee to use the animal, and there's so much. Uh, I was, t- I think, I don't remember if I mentioned it last week when I was talking about that sea drama um, that I watched, so yeah, I hope you watched more of it. Um, I have not had much time to watch it, so I, I can't say I have. Because I hope you get time, because it's it's so... Oh. It is so good. It is so if good. If you're not finished with it by the time Katsu weekend comes, um, we can watch it together. Oh, I will almost 100% not Slay. be finished Slay. I would love to watch time. it more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, so, for instance, in that show, there's um, a storyline around a cat, like a kitten, right? And the first time you see the kitten, it's like a Scottish fold, or... I don't remember if it was, like, a Scottish Fold or just, like, a normal British short hair. But it, it was, it was not honest, an American cat. If you had not mentioned anything about the cat changing, I would not have noticed because I am not a cat person. I just, like, they're, like, different. Like, the first I cat, the ears are folded in. And it's smaller. The second cat is, like, leaner and has pointed ears. And it's just, like, a completely different, like, doesn't have a smush they're face. They're both white cat 
They don't even have the same, same like exact coat. Is it like it's so? But funny. they're both white generally. I guess I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so same cat to me. I did not like. I I was like I was literally like, when did they switch cats? Geb said they switched cats. I didn't notice. But I mean, in that case, I will say like that's an example of it's very clear they had to reshoot something. I'm not sure which scenes came first for the reshooting. Um, and instead of reshooting all of the scenes that the cats were in, they just said, fuck it, we'll hope no one notices um, And if we don't use the same animal. And that's probably, like, the cat that they wanted to use was probably unavailable or booked for something else or something, un- like, speakable happened. You don't, you never know. So, um, or maybe what- the cat was not as um, cooperative exactly. as they had hoped. So that's why a lot of times studios will just say, all right, cat's gone. Fuck it. Um so there's like a lot of examples in this. Um, an example that I feel like people don't talk about is, um, in my opinion, is Hannah Montana slash Miley Cyrus blue jeans. Her horse, <gasps> blue her jeans. horse blue jeans. <laughs> he is relevant for like maybe like five episodes out of the hundred or so episodes that Hannah Montana airs, right? Mm-hmm. And in these episodes, like he is the star. He's the focus of those episodes. Like there's that whole episode where she literally moves him to Malibu. To like be with like live behind their ranch and shit. Like anyways, and then the next episode when she realizes, oh, he's happier on the farm, I just miss him. Maybe I should go like spend time more more time at the farm. And then he's never seen from again. <laughs> like He had a really good time at the farm, guys. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. Um I I will say I do think that one was probably because her horse passed away. Because I I I for those who don't know, when I get in a rut i rewatch my favorite shows from when i was a kid i've just rewatched all of hannah montana in order like maybe six times um since i was like 15 and at the end of that episode she has a dedication to her real life horse i'm assuming that horse died and mm-hmm. at that point miley was old enough to like put have her own input be heard on the that show so my guess is she wanted to do a tribute to her horse yeah um but yeah anyways uh, the other, the one that we're going to talk about and the reason that I found that uh, Natasha X Rosa fic is because uh, in season three, and this was a popular meme for a while, Rosa Diaz adopts Arlo as a replacement goldfish for Charles' dead dog, Jason. And then Charles is really upset. He's like, you're heartless. So Rosa adopts Arlo instead um, and has this massive declaration of love for Arlo at the end of the episode, but he's literally never seen or mentioned again. Even at the end of the next season, when Rosa is, like, getting rid of all of her belongings so she can flee to Argentina. And that's that meme where, um, if you've ever seen it, where, like, the woman with, like, black hair is in a cop outfit is, like, I didn't understand why people cared so much about their dumb dogs until I had a dumb dog myself. I've only had Arlo for a day and a half, and if anything happened to him, I would kill everyone in this room and then myself. Yeah. It's an iconic line. It's an iconic meme. And that's where it camps from, and then we never see Arlo again. Um, and then Jason, the do- dead dog for Charles, we only see him in one episode when Jake has to wash him as a payback for something that he owed Charles. And then uh, Charles' other dogs only appear in that same scene being washed by Jake. So, uh, fun fun stuff. Um, yeah, I feel like for them, at least, like, at least in, like, Broken Nine Nine, it makes a little bit more sense with it, the animals it's not because as it's continuity heavy too. It's it's also, but also like most of it takes place at their jobs. Like right. you're not 
bringing your dog to your job. Though, like, yeah, there are little continuity things, but I feel like it's better than, like, certain shows where it's, like... I mean, we, we explained why for Hannah Montana they stopped really using the the horse, but it's, like, in reality, Hannah, like, Miley's, like, I am going to bring this horse here, and it's going to live really close to me because I miss this horse so much. I want to ride this horse more. Never mentions it again, and most of that show's about her free time and her being a pop star and her having right, so free time and stuff like that. So it's weird. But this, it's like, well, duh, you're not going to see Charles's dog I mean, that much. because I, No, see, I disagree with that because tell me one dog person who owns a bunch of dogs and doesn't shut the fuck up about their dogs. Um, I know quite a few people. I don't. I have never met a dog person who, like, get once a day at least, they're like, oh, here's a picture of my dog, by the way. I have never met one. I... Gotta introduce you to more dog people, Gabs. Because <laughs> I know I know many a dog person who does not mention their dog that much. So um, I think it's more rea- way more realistic. But it, it's still like where it's like, yeah, like Rosa, w- unless Rosa is um, going to bring her dog on the plane with her. Fly over with the dog. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, I, I don't know where you're going with that either. But where it, for me, I guess it, it, it's like there's like one where it's like I guess it makes sense where it's like why aren't you mentioning her dog when she's like fleeing? Well, but, but also the reason they she's... say they don't mention her dog and why it's an issue is because she's giving away all of her belongings at that point. Like she's actively trying to get rid of her stuff, and everyone's like, "Well, what about the dog? Wouldn't you try to give your dog to a good home if you were fleeing the country? If you cared about your dog, it's bringing the dog with her." no that's like she isn't that's that's fun but anyways uh anyways so i i picked a brooklyn 99 fic because for me i actually um struggled a bit to find a fic for this trope but i just wanted the trope because i thought it was cute um so that's why we're here so the Mm -hmm. trope or the fic i went with is called a beautiful day for a picnic by fee is a marshmallow f-e-e is a marshmallow all one word and it's rated general the summary is and what we have here, my friends, is a classic locked room whodunit. When the picnic games prize goes missing, it's up to the squad to figure out where it went. Good thing they're detectives. Too bad the culprit is probably one of them. A Brooklyn Nine-Nine picnic-themed case fix. So basically the Halloween games um, trope but ju- for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it's a picnic. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's from Jake's POV, so I'll let you read for... Amy, and you can just read for everyone else if you would like. I will try my best. Okay. It's a perfect day for the annual 99th Precinct picnic. The sun is warm, but not too hot. There's no hint of rain, and a pleasant breeze drifts through the trees at Prospect Park as Jake and Amy make their way up a wooded path towards a pavilion in the clearing. Amy juggles an eight-month-old Mac and a baby carrier on her chest, a blanket, and a set of trivia cards that she insisted on bringing, while Jake carries Mac's diaper bag and their contribution of store-bought cupcakes. This year's my year, Ames. I can just feel it, Jake says, panting a little with the exertion of walking uphill. You say that every year, Amy responds. But this year, I really feel it. I think Mac is the good luck charm I need to come back from my humiliating defeat to Charles last year. I'm going to crush it at those picnic games. Sorry, I just swiped away. Uh, I'm here. One second. Mm -hmm. Whatever you say, Mac and I will be rooting for you regardless. Amy grabs Mac's hand and gives it a little tug. More sunlight filters through the trees on either side of the path as they thin out and give way to the cut grass of the clearing. Jake and Amy can see the general hubbub of the picnic up at the hill ahead of them, with various officers and support staff gathered around. You're sure you're cool with watching Mac while I compete? I know you love competition, Jake says. 
That's true. Amy says. But I think you even said it once. I get all stupid and flustered when we play games. And one of us needs to win that extra day off so we can take Matt to the ch- children's theater. The only day I could get um get tickets for baby Shakespeare is a Thursday that we're both on for. Jake makes a face that Amy only catches in her peripheral. Or I could take Mac to the new HD director's cut commentary release of Die Hard 3. That's pretty much the same as Shakespeare. He turns to Amy with a goofy grin. Jake. Amy is cut off by a dog bounding past them. It's a yellow lab dragging his leash behind him. In hot pursuit is a bloodhound with reddish fur, huge paws, and floppy ears. Pulling up the rear is Rosa, running full tilt and yelling after the two dogs. Jake and Amy step off the path to let her through. Arlo, I swear to God, I will end you. I'll ship you off to a form- farm where you have to work for dinner. I won't ha- I won't take you on any more uh, W-A-L-K-S. She bellows as she runs, her hair flying out behind her. Don't worry, she does love her dog, Jake says ostensibly to Mac, but mostly as an aside. Rosa continues hurling insults at her dog as she passes Jake and Amy and doesn't notice her phone dropping right at their feet. Wait, Rosa, your phone! Jake shouts after her, but she keeps running and disappears around the curve on the path behind them. Jake bends to pick up the phone. He clicks the power button and pockets it. She's usually so protective of her phone, he honestly feels a bit giddy being able to hold it. When Jake and Amy arrive at the pavilion where the picnic is held, the rest of the detective squad is already there. Captain Holt is on his cell phone, standing off to the side, gesturing with the one hand not holding the phone. Kevin is behind a charcoal barbecue at the very back of the area, complete with tongs and a punny apron. Cicero makes my hummus with a picture of a Roman man dipping a chip into some hummus. I will say I always fucking love when, like, anything Brooklyn Nine-Nine includes Kevin, because Kevin yeah. is so amazing. <laughs> like, top-tier character. It's weird He's to so me, because, like, I see Kevin more, like, his actor, I see him more as in The Good Place, where he's more of a main central character. So it's really weird to me. <laughs> I've never watched oh, The Good Place. Liz, it's such a good show. I don't really have time. Should. I know. I'm rewatching but, many a show. I know. I know. But if you get the chance, it's a really I'm good gas- show. I will not. You'll I'm get watching- the chance in a couple years when you're out of grad school. When I'm done with in a couple years when I'm done with Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. And I get and I get through my uh, that seventy show watch. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And uh, smile falling into your smile. Hmm. Oh, and that too. <laughs> so many shows. Uh, Sorry, continue. Cheddar sits quietly at Kevin's feet as if in deliberate opposition to the runaway dogs they had passed a few moments earlier. Actually, you know what? Cheddar is mentioned so often. So that's what, like, there's no reason for Rosa to not mention her dog too because they bring up Cheddar at the off, like, precinct, like, a hundred times a day. Because so. it's Cheddar. I love Cheddar. Yeah, I'm just saying. They could have done Cheddar's- that with Iconic. Hitchcock and Scully have set up lawn chairs right next to Kevin, presumably to be in first in line for the barbecue, but have promptly fallen asleep. Underneath the pavilion are rows of picnic tables, some occupied by members of the precinct, but one in the center has a portable whiteboard set up on with a list of all the upcoming picnic games. In the front, the coveted prize, a laminated golden ticket on display on a plastic cake stand. Usually Holt stands guard next to the highly desired precinct games prize, but the phone call has clearly distracted him. Terry, Sharon, and their girls are seated on a blanket on the hill beside the pavilion, opposite from where Holt is still on his phone call. One of the twins, either Cagney or Lacey, has a container of bubbles and is blowing bubbles for her sisters to chase down the hill. Other members of the precinct mill around the pavilion in the hill, talking in small groups, seated on lawn chairs or blankets. I really appreciate how, like, clearly this author has set the scene. 
Like, it's very easy It's so beautiful. And, like, I really, like, remembering everyone and, like, it their look. Yeah, it's just, it's a, good, oh. it's a nice feeling. And, like, the fact that they've managed to include literally every single, like, character and side character from the show. So is, good. It's good. Charles, Genevieve, and Nicolas. Um, Nicolas! <laughs> uh, uh, you didn't say it right. It's Nicolas. Nicolas. No, Nicolas. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, I promise I'm not being a dick. Liz knows that it's a it's a joke in the show that like yes. anybody who says the name is saying it wrong, wrong. even though it's just Nicolage. Um, and they're still setting down their belongings: a blanket, sunscreen, and no less than ten Tupperware containers of food on one of the picnic tables. Inexplicably, Charles and Nicolage are dressed in matching <laughs> outfits with flowing silken blouses and red bandanas tied around their heads. Hey, Charles, Genevieve, Nico. Jake nods as he sets Mac's diaper bag and the cupcakes down on an adjacent table. How's it going? Good, says Nico. His front teeth have grown in and all of a sudden he looks like a much older kid. Good, Jakey, Charles said. Genevieve and I brought the most divine pig intestines for the picnic. (laughs) That's great, pal, Jake replies before he really takes in what Charles has said. But he doesn't have time to address the horrors that Charles has brought for dinner because he's dying to ask about his clothing choice. What's with the matching flamboyant outfits? I know we get to dress cash for the picnic, but this is a lot, even for you. I don't know. What is with the outfits? Wink. Charles actually says wink aloud as he mimes one to Nicolaj. Nicolaj acts out, locking his lips and throwing away the key. Confused, Jake tries to change the subject, but he's interrupted by Holt's voice cutting across to the pavilion. Charles and Nico slip away, leaving Genevieve to set up their feast. Okay, I got, I got, I, I'm not gonna do Holt's justice, and that's what's that's gonna okay. upset gonna me the most. That's okay. You're gonna do your best, though. No, it's gonna upset me the most. Because I could just do my styles. <laughs> no, that's not. It has to be like the super. Uh, it's like I, the dry deep. It's voice. so iconic it that I will never be able. I won't be able to do it. No, I will. I will just try to do. I don't even know. You don't have to. You don't have to do the voice if you don't want to try. No, but I feel bad. It's it's literally, I think, the most iconic thing from the show. I agree. Okay. it's I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to do okay. a monotone. That's simply unacceptable. My husband spoke to you six months ago to confirm our reservations at the Warther Museum woodcarving extravaganza. Holt says. Holt pauses to listen to the voice on the other end of the phone, and Rosa walks up to the pavilion. Her hair is mussed, and there's a leaf sticking out of her curls. She triumphantly pulls along a clearly reluctant Arlo on his leash. Stupid dog, she mutters. Oh, he's not stupid. Amy looks up from arranging the cupcakes on the table. I mean, I'm very allergic to him, so I'll just uh take a few steps back and take some Benadryl. But he's not stupid. Oh, I don't mean Arlo. Rosa continues to tug him along and scoops up one of Amy's cupcakes from the table. Although he's kind of stupid, too. I meant that other jerk's dog. He's not even trained. Um... I want to continue just because there's, like, a funny bit, but we can also stop here if you want. Uh, how long is it? Like, the end of the page. Let's finish it. Okay, okay. I'll, re- I'll read for I'll read for the man um, that comes in in a minute. Um, we're, uh, hey, he's trained. He goes to training lessons every Monday night. Both Rosa and Amy look up and find a tall, dark-haired man standing in between them, speaking. He looks exceedingly nonchalant for someone whose dog has been terrorizing the other canine picnic attendees. He has piercing blue eyes and, bizarrely, golden tennis shoes. He looks familiar to Rosa and Amy as he grabs a cupcake, but they can't quite place where he works within the precinct. 
Yeah, he's being trained. Rosa sizes the man up and crosses her arms with a scowl. He's not trained yet. You need to keep your dog on a leash, man. The man opens his mouth to respond, but Amy cuts in. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, Who are you? It's not the most tactful way to ask, but the question is bugging her, and she's fairly certain he's not one of her beat cops. Maybe he works in IT. I'm Mark. You're my boss. <laughs> I've been on the squad for eight years. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to end it there, because I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it. They, Amazing. They, I just, there wasn't really, like I said, there's not really a fic for this trope. So I just picked one that actually included the dog since the show forgot about him. Yes. Um, so, um, I don't know if I'll necessarily like read this trope. Yeah. I don't think it's something that like you would read anyways. It's like, I yeah. feel like I, this is something I, I wouldn't like hate if it was in the media I was watching, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Actively it. seek it out. Yeah. So, um, I guess we can get into what I was assigned. Yay. I was assigned the very broad topic of just marriage. Mar- I literally marriage. Marriage in parentheses. Yes, that's the trope. Um, so obviously tropes relating to marriage are incredibly po- popular within fandom because your favorite ship gets married. Yay! Yay. <laughs> like, I, I, I really, I really don't know what else to say besides that. Um, and, like, so obviously there's a lot of different aspects, uh, relating to marriage that fix can follow, whether that be, like, characters are already married and living a married life. Um, care, it's, like, when the characters are getting engaged. Oh, does this, this fic take place at a wedding? We, we can get into specifics about wedding traditions for fantasy settings, like, what's a wedding really like in uh, Middle Earth or something like that? I'm just fucking pulling shit out of my ass for saying this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are specific wedding traditions. I don't know. Um, or, like, wedding planning. That's fun. Um, anything you can think surrounding weddings, there's probably a trope. Uh, connected to it, um, I'm going to name a few subtropes that are associated with weddings. We will not go super deep into detail into each of them because I feel like each of them can be their own episode okay. because they are, they, each of these tropes have a long history, not like a history, but like a long kind of description with yeah. some, some history behind it and some popular tropes within those um within these specific tags i mean it's kind of just like where there's like something like modern au you're not gonna be like oh yeah there's coffee shop au let me go into all the specifics of coffee shop au because it's like they're each so specific and have their own kind of things but so here are some of the subtropes we have accidental marriage aka woke up married in vegas which is so funny to me i absolutely love that um Mail order bride, marriage of convenience, arranged marriage, forced marriage, secret marriage, baked marriage, and wedding planner ague. So those are like the typical ones. Um, I do find that it's, um, I find it odd that like married life isn't listed on here because I feel like that's like a really, a thing that people like to explore. I I would include that personally. Yeah, I just went through the the list that they had listed, but I feel like married life is really, really popular because it's like, I want to see my favorite characters happy in the end and married um yeah so there's not really much more to say about this trope you know like we all know what marriage is Mm -hmm. and yeah there's nothing really specific so i guess i can get into the um fic that i chose 
So it's called Good Idea by SPQR on uh, AO3. And it's a Din Djarin ex Luke Skywalker uh, fic. Because I feel like we haven't done Star Wars in a while. We might have. But I just mm. feel like we haven't done Star Wars in a while. Um, I say as I wear, I'm wearing like a full Star Wars outfit, basically. As you should. Um, so this is a modern AU fic. So don't expect the characters to be in space. And um, when Baby Yoda comes up, Baby Yoda is a child. Like an actual human child not a green alien thing mm -hmm. um and it it within marriage it is fake marriage um and Aww. so it is it is technically 18 plus and explicit but i don't think i copied any of the explicit parts so i don't think we'll be getting there okay. um i guess i should specify for those who don't know uh din Djarin is just the mandalorian so thank you i did not know i was gonna be like i didn't want to call you outcast i was gonna be like i don't want to be like no you could ask i wouldn't doesn't know. know you can um, you can assume if it's not like the most basic plot of the main movies i do not know um yeah din Djarin is the mandalorian from the mandalorian <laughs> um so this is just a little description of the fic that I thought I'd put in. At 1.18am, just when Luke is starting to think he might have gotten away with something, Big Dark dark Lighter shows up on the other side of his desk and says, I can't believe you, call, uh, you called in sick to get shotgun married to Amando. Ooh, fun. <laughs> um, so this is uh, from Luke's perspective. So I will be reading for Luke and you'll be reading for Wait, Mando. did you say if what man, like a Mando is? I like. Um, within this fic, I believe like, because this is a modern AU, right. I'm assuming a man, a Mandalorian like a is just like a, a gang oh. type thing. Okay. Okay. It's not, it's not college. They're like adults. Um, okay. So at, at least I believe from what I what I looked through, um, it, it, they were like a gang s thing because uh, Mando is still technically a. I'm also gonna refer to refer to him as Mando because that's what people also refer to him as. Um, and like he's still like a bounty hunter, so it's not like he's like he still has that kind of like aspect to his character. He's like this rough, tough kind of um guy. Who has to, I believe, I believe he, he accidentally and has to adopt, like, has to adopt the child, aka mm -hmm. Grogu. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you'll be, you'll be, you'll be reading for Mando. And I, do, I believe there are other characters, so you'll just read for them when we get to them. So yeah, I'll get started. Um, the first time Luke meets Din, it's four in the morning and, and the tombs are packed to bursting. Luke's uh, coming in hot off a violent encounter with a, a D&D &D who tried to grab him through the bars of a, of the dunk tape tank, so his heart's beating really fast, blood pumping. He skids to a halt in front of one of the group's cells, taking a quick look at the next file in his docket, and calls out, Din Djarin? Oh, here, says Din. He looks scared, is the first thing Luke thinks, which is strange, because he's a big guy. He's got some tattoos, even though he's attractive. He's not the sort of pretty that can get you in trouble down here, like Luke is. But he, aka Luke is a twink. Sorry, oh, okay. I have to say that. Thank That's you. why. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, 
Gay Luke Skywalker is literally my favorite thing. I headcanon Luke is gay so hard. I love Gay Luke Skywalker. I don't remember enough about Luke Skywalker to say definitively either way. So I'll I'll back you up on it. Um, within actual current canon. Fuck you guys if you're going to be like, in Legend, actually, he has your wife? I Ew. don't give a shit about Mara Jade. She's not in canon, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, and uh, within canon, Mark Hamill is like, if you want to see Lucas straight, That's amazing. True. If you want to see Lucas gay, amazing. So, respect my motherfucking opinion. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, no, that's fair. I absolutely have seen Mark Hamill, like, say shit like that, so. Um, And uh, Luke Eggston is such a top-tier ship. Oh, my God. Sorry. My brain just... There's this one TikToker I follow who does, like, really great Luke Skywalker cosplays. It makes me so happy. Oh, my goodness. I will continue. (laughs) Um... But he has big brown eyes, soft, scared eyes. And Luke became a lawyer for one reason and one reason only. To help help the people who need, um, who most needed it. That's why he's in the tombs at four in the morning. At first, um, at legal aid, working the fucking lobster ship to help people. And hopefully not get puked on again because he's all out of friends to lend him extra, extra suits. I'm Luke Skywalker, Mr. Jaren. I'm your public defender, he said. He tells Din. You're set up to be um, arraigned. 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 It's, uh, like, uh, I'm pretty sure that's when they bring you into the courtroom to, like, discuss your charges. Okay. At 5.30. But we're running behind, so I wouldn't expect to get out of here until at least 7. I've been in here since 10. Din says. Yeah, sorry about that. They can technically keep you for up to 24 hours. But as you can see, it's getting kind of crowded in here, so we're trying to hustle. I've got a kid at home. Din says. I'm supposed to be back at two. No one's given me a phone call. Luke blinks at him. It might be the sleep deprivation, but it takes a second for his brain to catch up with the words. Right, he says says when it does. Sure, yeah, look, they may not get around to, uh, to that before I get you out. Why don't you tell me the number to call and what to say and I'll take care of it. Din, oh, Din looks like he wants to argue, but he grits his teeth, nods once, and rattles off a local number. Her name is Kara Dune. Just tell her where I am and ask her to take care of the kid. Luke nods, finishing the note to himself. Got it. Okay. I see here they brought you in for assault with a deadly weapon? It was a beer bottle. Din says. That counts, and you, wow, you put four guys in the hospital with a beer bottle? Din shrugs modestly. Okay, Luke says, suddenly a little hot around the collar. He stated more more than one one of the MMA fighters in college who liked it when he called them the D word. Daddy! (laughs) Thank you. That's not not like a bad word, Liz. It is in that context. Alright, (laughs) alright. Alright, thank you. Um, And suddenly he's having flashbacks. Uh, and I see you've got priors, all for assault? Um, I used to be a bounty hunter. Din says. The NYPD are sore losers. Luke tries not to look too much like he's salivating, since he knows he, he knows salivating is unprofessional. Thank you, Okay. Luke. He, he, he likes him. He loves him. <laughs> um, okay, the arrest tonight. What were you doing at a mando bar? 
Jin shifts uncomfortably. The scared look is back. It's my bar, he says. Luke revises his assessment of his client. Probably he should have been included sooner by the tattooendant's arm, which he now realizes is a Mando's symbol, the strange elongated skull. But it's been a long night, and Din, Din's the tenth petty criminal he's had to um, handhold through. Say the word again. Arraignment. Arraignment. Um, Only he might not be so petty because from what Luke knows about the Mandalorians, they're essentially a small organized crime family disguised as a biker gang. He might have caught the tail of the tiger with this case and he can only pray that it doesn't manage to whip around and bite both of them. uh, Oh, Oh, sorry. Um, Anything else you uh, you want to tell me? He asks. Din shifts again, shakes his head. Okay, Luke says, I'm going to make that call for you. I'll see you upstairs. Luke. Din says when he turns to leave. Luke. Lu- Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Luke stops and turns back. The liquid fear is still in Din's eyes. Fear that Luke's starting to think uh, think is connected to his child. Uh, to keeping his child or losing it, not the fact that he's sitting in a cage. Men like Din, men who ride with Mando tattoos, are used to sitting in cages. They were going to. Din says and then stops swallowing. It's a little, it's loud in the tunes. Men's voices echo off the cinder block walls, but Luke swears to God he can hear the sharp intake of a breath before he continues. I saw them drug a girl's drink. They were all going to take her home. Luke feels something tight at the base of his throat, behind his sternum. Where is she now? Paramedics took her. Luke nods. Okay, okay, I'll try to rustle up a talk screen. Maybe we can get this thrown out before you have to post bail. That's not what I meant. Liz? Liz? Liz, your mic is gone. I think she might have accidentally unplugged her mic. She just, like, went poof. Liz? 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 I, like, heard her mic go... Like, like, I heard, like, a power off. All right, I'm going to pause this episode, so when I come back, Liz will be here. I got Liz back, guys. We did it. We sa- we saved her. Um, we, oh, I hear myself a bit through your headphones, I think. Um, that's okay, uh, though. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, okay. So we're going we're gonna to go from uh, my line that I think I last remember saying, and then we're going to continue with Liz's fix. So that's not what I meant. Din says... I know, Luke meets his eyes. I know, just trust me, okay? Din holds his gaze uh, for a moment, entreating, like he's desperate for Luke to see that he's a good guy. That's not, that he's not just some thug and throw him a lifeline. And Luke does. He has. All that's left left is for Din to take it. And at last he does. It's one knot, but, it's, but that's all Luke needs. I'll see you soon, he promises and takes off at a run. So now we're going to uh, very much skip ahead decently far into um, the fic mm-hmm. so that we can, um, I don't know, get to the actual part about um, marriage. marriage. Uh, give me one second to scroll down. So essentially um, from what um, we we have ascertained, uh, Din has Grogu as a baby and... Um, I, I don't know if CPS takes kindly to uh, Din's situation. So um, as as we're going to find out, as of right now in the fic, uh, Grogu is currently up for adoption 
Damn, and that sucks. Yeah. So, um, Luke, we're we're gonna, we're gonna see. We're we're gonna see. We're gonna read, and we're gonna we're going to see what happens. Okay. So we're gonna start at where uh, Din says Luke. Okay. Luke. Luke says Luke. <laughs> Luke. Luke. <laughs> uh, says Din behind him. Luke turns. Gurgo's asleep in Din's chest. His little fist curls tight in front of Din's Henley, and there's a mistiness in Din's eyes that Luke doesn't want to think is tears, but it is. It's tears. Thank you. Din chokes. <laughs> Great choking, guys. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, uh, it sounds like it hurts to say, and Luke wonders. Din's a proud man, isn't he? Not in a bad way, but he takes pride in his little family and his ability to look after his kid. And now here he, uh, here he's thinking he has to prostrate himself before Luke. And I told you, Luke says, you don't have to thank me. Yes, I do. Says Din in a tone that leaves no room for argument. How did you do it? Uh, Luke says with a tired smile. Well, you might not like that part. Din just watches, patient. Luke sighs, gets himself a bottle of water from the fridge, and drinks half of it in one go. He hasn't had a lot, to, a lot of time to, to drink today, and he's sort of feeling like he's going to fall over. When he's done, he leans against the counter next to the fridge and says, I adopted him. <gasps> dun, Din dun, frowns. Dun. Look, Luke's Harry's to explain, there's a couple at CPS that wanted to adopt him today. If their paperwork had gone through, there would have been no way I could get him back. And there wasn't any chance of getting you in front of a judge in family court until at least tomorrow morning. Oh, so he's yours. Din says after a long pause. No, Luke says. Well, technically for now, yes, but I'm trying to. No, uh, I know. Din says. I know. I trust you. Luke fights down a sudden wave, wave of possessive lust. Then he takes another. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he trusts him. He's just That's... horny. He... Luke is very horny in this book. And honestly, I'm kind of here for it. I'm really here for it. Okay. Okay. Um, Luke would not dress in his Chanel boots if he did not want to pull a man. Thanks. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Usually, usually my Chanel boots Skywalker gets a lot more, uh, more reaction. But I guess that's from my friends who are. Those more are from into your friends Star who are, Wars. yeah, who actually know um, what you're talking about. Well, in 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 episode, I think it's episode five. In episode five, he wears the Gucci Louis Vuitton. I got he it. He wears Chanel boots, and it's Chanel boots Skywalker, and it's the most iconic Luke Skywalker look ever. And I will fight everyone who says otherwise. Um, okay. Right, he says as he swallows. So next steps. There's something fishy going on here. My friend at CPS is going to work on this from the inside, and hopefully between the two of us, we can we can find something we can use. Use? Tin asks. To get your, you your kid back, Luke says. Officially, I mean. If I can prove you were unfairly targeted, then there's some, uh, that there's some sort of baby snatching scheme running out of CPS. Baby snatching scheme? Din echoes, and if there's nothing I can prove, then I have a plan B. Plan B? Din says. What's plan B? Well, Luke says, suddenly embarrassed. We get married. Din blinks. Who gets married? You and me, Luke says before he can chicken out. It would be just, it would just be the, for the paperwork. I'm his legal guardian right now, so if you married me, it would be easy to get you on, 
on board as his other legal guardian, and then in a year or two, we divorce, and you take Grogu, no, no contest. Wait, so, I'm sorry, so, it was Grogu originally adopted by Din, or just, like, that's Din's biological kid in this day? I, once again, I skimmed. Okay. So, um, I am assuming well, that, like, he was adopted okay, by Din. so he was adopted by him, given back, adopted by the other guy, and if this scheme happened, he'd be then, again, adopted by this guy. Yeah, he'd be allowed to, Din would be allowed Damn, to take him back. who let you have four parents? <laughs> um, where was I? Uh, Din um, is quiet. Din is quiet for long enough that Luke starts to get uncomfortable. Obviously, it's not ideal, he adds. Today kind of backed me into a legal corner, but I think it's better than the alternative. Grogu made a sleeping babyish sound in Din's arm, and Luke's heart does a backflip. Yeah. Din says softly, gazing down at his son. Yeah, definitely better than the alternative. Do you want to, um, we have time if you want to do more, but also I'd be okay with doing a slightly shorter one, because I'm so sleepy, so. Um, I don't want to force you into doing more if you want to go. Yay! I love you! Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, as far as, uh, reading this, this trope, um, I mean, marriage is so broad, I think it depends on which sub-trope of marriage we would each read. Like, for instance, uh, I mean, I probably wouldn't read, like, a wedding planner AU, because Mm -hmm. to me, that implies that one of the ships, like, one of the, half of the ship is with somebody else before they meet, and that's, I, you know, you know, you know my feeling on that, so, um. Yeah, but what if it was, they were marrying the wedding planner, and the wedding planner was helping marry it, like, plan their wedding, you know? I mean, I guess, but I don't know if I would call that, like, a wedding planner AU, since it's more, I don't, like, I guess it fits it, but it's, it's not really what I would think of when I think wedding planner AU. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I would, well, I love, I love a, uh, like a fake marriage, mm-hmm. I will literally probably go through and read this entire fic later oh, absolutely. because this seems very I fucking love this. Um, you know what I, I also I have a what? question, Liz. What's up? So in Omegaverse, uh, <laughs> oh my <laughs> fucking god! Often, often, authors when they are designing their world, they don't really have modern relationship conventions such as marriage written into the universe, and instead of marriage, it's mating. Right? So, yeah. you know, your subtrope about, like, woke up married in Vegas, woke up from my heat with the mate, I think that's the same trope. Oh, my God. You give me anything, I will make it about a megaverse, and that's a I promise. I fucking hate <laughs> the minute you said the words, so in a megaverse. <laughs> I, I paused for dramatic effect. Oh, <laughs> and also to give you time to cope. God. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I guess technically. Not even technically, I'm right. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so what's your social media guys? Uh you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Flighty the Nerd. Liz, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Lazily Liz. Where about the show? You can find the show on Instagram, tw- uh, Twitter, and TikTok at Trope Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Trope Podcast or the Tropes Battle for Dominance. If you need emails for any questions, comments, concerns, any good Maze Runner or Twilight fanfictions, please email us at tropedominance at gmail.com. Please rate, follow, subscribe, whatever it is, wherever you listen to the show. It helps us a lot. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.